0: Well, we're back together, Batman and Robin, for the Sports Bet Podcast. We're going to speak about everything for round 15. We're also going to talk about World Cup. There's a lot of experts in the World Cup at the moment, and there's a lot of talk about player camps and what you do and do not do on player camps. All that and more on the AFL Sports Bet Podcast. We're here again. We're on our own. Batman and Robin. Hammer still over in Russia. Do you reckon he's going to make it back?
1: I'm really
0: surprised that
1: he's still there. The, the socceroos are finished,
0: right? They are so, finished.
1: Uh, why is he still there?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> he looks, he's got that sort of head, I reckon, that somebody would want to bash. Yeah. Did I, you see that spike that he had, the blonde streak through his hair?
1: Yeah. I just reckon he would want to be very, very careful if he's celebrating the end of the socceroos over there because Hammer. You probably haven't
0: got the street smarts to be walking around in Moscow on your own. You know, they nearly got into a fight the first day because the sports bit t-shirts we had made for them, blue and gold, very close to the Ukrainian colours. So they're walking around (laughs) Russia and people thought they were Ukrainian. They told told them to be
1: careful. Yeah, not a good idea. And that that sums up what I'm talking about with street smarts. Hummer has none. He should not be in Moscow.
0: (laughs) You've got a bachelor of the street though, haven't you? Well, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've
1: made some mistakes, but reasonably well uh, educated as far as how to act
0: when you're overseas. Hummer, not so much. Hey, let's get into it. Uh, Round 15, pre-season camps. Well, what a kerfuffle that it has been with Adelaide and obviously there's a lot of rumours flying around. We don't need to get into that because it's pretty boring and it's boring everybody but we thought there's some good stories to tell around some of our own camps and uh, a lot of the stuff that goes on and people, it, it it defies belief some of the stuff that goes on at camps.
1: Yeah, it does and I thought that they are a little bit of a thing of the past, some of these mentally sort of testing camps that they put Players through, we know that the millennials don't like that sort of stuff anymore. And Melbourne actually had their camp shut down. But back in the day, you could sort of get away with all of that sort of stuff, and you just had to suck it up. I remember my first ever training camp down at HMA Cerberus down. It <laughs> de- already sounds bad. Doesn't yeah, HMA Cerberus. Yeah, down there, uh, down there on the Mornington Peninsula, down that way. Uh, I remember we rocked up. It was my first camp. We were told we had a briefing before we went to you know bring dooners, bring all the the home comforts with you. Uh, because, you know, we had some pretty nice accommodation down there. Clearly none of us had a clue. HMAS Cerberus, the name says it all. We were never going to have good accommodation. <laughs> but I remember one guy from Western Australia, Stephen Jackson, a big sort of lazy, a big Jackson. lazy sort of guy. He loved the home comforts, Jacko. We rocked up on the bus to go down to Cerberus. Jacko had his uh, had his doona. He even had was in summer. Clearly, he had a plug in fan to put next to his bed. <laughs> he had everything ready to go. Jacko, we get out of the bus down at Cerberus, and we notice these huge, big military type tents set up on the footy oval there. And we thought, oh well, that's clearly not us. We're we're going to go into the nice uh, accommodation over there. No. We were into the, the tents on uh, stretches and I've never seen a man more shitty than Stephen Jackson with his big doona <laughs> and his plug-in fan. There's no electricity in the tents and right from that moment, we, we knew we were in for a hell camp uh, down at Cerberus. The best camp I ever went on was the Gold Coast in 1994. John Northey had just taken over the Tigers in 93. He got rid of a lot of players at the end of 93. We had about fifteen, Super. yeah, 15 new faces. He said, we're going to go to the Gold Coast for a camp. We got up there day one, Swooper's instructions. These were the only instructions he gave for the camp. I want you to go out and have a good time. I don't care what time you get home each night, as long as you turn up for training every morning at 7am down on the beach there in uh, Burley. How good was that? We had the best camp of all time, out every night till about 3am at Melba's in Cavill Avenue. As long as you rocked up at 7am, he didn't care. That's a great camp. That was the best camp I ever went on. And guess what? Won four games in 93. We bonded that well on that camp. Everyone got along like a house on fire. Won 12 games the next
0: year. Isn't it amazing when you all get together and you get on the source, the things are going to happen?
1: I swear, lock lock your team inside a room for about three or four days with some beers and just
0: let them have a good time. And undoubtedly, at some point in those three days, someone – will blow up and punch on, but it almost makes it better. Yeah. I've seen blokes punch on at those sort of camp things, and uh, n- not on the camp, but when you're out yeah. having a drink yeah. and you become closer. Yeah. If you do it on a camp when you're tired and you're grumpy, you yeah. don't become actually closer. actually hate each other. Yeah.
1: I swear a bonding camp is better as long as it's controlled. We know we can't go overboard these days, but a bonding camp is better than these uh, brutal camps they do now.
0: I remember it was our second last year again, two thousand and eight. We um, we got the player wanted to do the Sog's. The whole thing, all the clubs had been doing the Sog yeah. camps. It was the, the flavour of the month. It was the flavour of the month, and um, these. There was three guys that ran it, and they were hard asses. They were just hard bastards. They were. Yeah. I remember looking at them going, "Geez, they look tough." they were ex SAS, weren't they? That was the so the very first day we stood um, at the front of the footy club near the Jack Dyer um, statue, and they said, "Put everything you have right now into that plastic bag right there." Um, and they gave us bibs, which were like netball bibs. So I think I was yellow seven, and for the rest of that camp, you had to call people by their bib name. So yeah. if you were you were maybe green twelve or something yeah. like that, I had to. Not say Richo or Green 12, but if someone said, Richo, everybody, down instantly, I think it was 20 push-ups, yeah. but you had to do them on your knuckles, yeah. so you could never put your hands out Wherever flat, you were. Wherever you were. So if yeah. that was gravel, yeah. whether that was like um, so just awful surroundings. On the beach, in the Bitumen, sand. in the sand, you were on your knuckles. So if you went, and then obviously someone would go, oh, fuck, and you then crack swear. it. Couldn't swear, There's another 20. So, uh, yeah. And it was just... It was a disaster. And then the way you lined up for the bus, everyone got there and they were in a, not in the formation you were meant to be in, so you had to get down and do another 20 It push-ups. was all about
1: concentration, wasn't it? So it you, was. you try and not call anyone by a nickname or try not to swear. We're out a footy club. Swearing is a lot yeah. of common. You try doing that day
0: three when you haven't slept. It's nearly impossible. And they didn't feed us for the first whole day. <laughs> we went down to the – we drove down to the Mornington Peninsula and we walked along – we did all these – Sand dune. so crawls, like, Navy like, crawls. Commando crawls. Yeah. And this this beach, it would have been a kilometre long. Yeah. I reckon we crawled a kilometre in the sand. <laughs> I've never had so much like gravel rash around my, around my agates down the bottom there because I didn't have undies. All I had was these tiny pair of shorts where everything was hanging out and I had all this sand up there you know, just chafed everywhere. Um,
1: the other thing they did on that camp, I remember, Nathan, is we set up camp I think on the first night it was. And you get in and you, you could sleep anywhere. Yep. You know, you're sleeping on the dirt with the little blanket over the top of you, but you could sleep anywhere. I remember everyone was just that tired, set up the camp, laid down, pulled your blanket over you. At about two in the morning, they came out and fired off a, a shotgun into the air. Everyone up, dismantled the camp, and we're going somewhere else. Mm. What they made us <laughs> do was walk in a big circle
0: <laughs> for about half an hour
1: and set up camp in exactly the How same spot. was that shotgun? Oh,
0: it was pretty loud. Yeah. I remember... So the first day before we got down to the Morning Peninsula, we stopped at um at the Nongs, and so I was team captain of my team and we had this young kid called David Guitis. Um He wasn't an athletic type. He wasn't – you could see he'd been a mummer's boy for most it of his, his life. was his first
1: camp too. It was his first pre-season. He had no aerobic base
0: whatsoever. So you had your big backpack on. Um, everybody had to carry two bricks. Everyone had a backpack and two bricks and – um, I was responsible for my team. It was pointed out that you are responsible for everybody finishing in your team. Yeah. So my team's um, moving on up, going okay, and this David Goitas kid just continued to fall backwards and fall backwards and to the point where in the end I've got two bricks but I'm sort of having to elbow him and put my shoulder in and help him up the mountain. And all of a sudden I've never heard the sound come out of a man before. He never was weeping, wasn't he? It, it, was, it was just this – it was like all the air in his body just came out he was exhausted and it was just this awful <laughs> like he'd been shot oh! and he fell down to the ground right and he goes I can't get up he goes I'm done I, I can't felt get up sorry for him i easy. didn't i didn't because i had to pick up these dickheads two bricks right so i'm carrying four bricks and i'm not the aerobic beast uh, either but now so i'm having to try and get him up and drag him up and the sog bloke is standing right next to me just laughing like not outlandish laugh but just giggling under his breath that I was having to deal with this dickhead lying on the ground. He was He was a good boy. Come on, you're a bit harsh on him. Mate, he had to lie down. He couldn't get up and I had to carry his four bricks and then with the four yeah, bricks but, still be pushing him well, up the mountain. He so, was weak as piss. So you were laughing and you were angry
1: about uh, what happened with young Dave? Everyone else is laughing at you. We thought, it, we thought it was hilarious, you having to carry four bricks. The other, Just before we move on, the other thing about that camp, that's where Jake King got his name. Oh, the push-up. And people often ask me, is, this, is that true, that he did 308 well, push-ups? Is. He did, and I can say here categorically, with no uh, sugar put on this at all, he did 308 push-ups. I've never seen an effort like, and this was after about two days. Uh,
0: the thing with push-up, though, uh, he can tell a story and put a heap of mail on it. That's one story he hasn't, though. But that is true. Yeah. But the thing with push-up is his arms are so they short. They are small. Like if you look at your own arm right now and you look down and you see your elbow, yeah. that's where his whole hand goes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's got like little short arms. Short levers. Yeah, the, the, yeah. and it helps you get the – so yeah. I reckon those three hundred eight at are worth like 120. Yeah, not many. No. Not many. Anyway, he's pretty happy with it, isn't he? He, he? reckons he can fight two push-up. Have you seen him lately, how big he is? He's kidding himself. I don't sure. know what he's been taking. He's taking a well, lot the, of protein. The, <laughs> well, move, the court the court's on, told us Nathan. what he's been taking. But move I, on. I, I, He used to be quite quick boxing. Yeah. I don't reckon he'd be able to get anywhere anymore. He'd be too big to turn around and punch. Mate, he looks I like, reckon I could get him at the moment.
1: He looks like a big triangle with little <laughs> arms and legs.
0: <laughs> what about World Cup experts at the, at the moment? Everybody. We know nothing about soccer in this country, yeah. so the amount of tweets going on about soccer... Sam McClure, motor who gets it wrong more than any other person on uh, on, on social media, yeah. uh, tweets stuff out that more than me. You, he, t- you no, no, up, no, last week. no. You're, you're okay. Yeah. Um, his tweets. He said the other night. He goes, "This is his tweet about the soccer we're playing in Peru." He goes, "There's just no intensity in our box." What the hell would you know about intensity in a box of a World Cup game? Sound? He wouldn't know. He
1: wouldn't know. Well, I think what he was trying to say is we don't have any quality finishes inside the box, which is a fact. But he po- doesn't know about he, this. Even I know that, but he would not know about intensity in the box. He wouldn't
0: <laughs> know what that means, would he? And before the game, he actually tweeted out, I'm heading down to the supermarket, what should I get to watch the game? I- Who cares, mate? <laughs> Shut up. You are not as important as what you think you are, Sam. He's not going to be happy if he hears that, <laughs> old scoopy boy. All right. Um well, we, 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 a little bit more to talk about. We we'll talk about we got some tattoos. We'll talk about the tattoos a little bit later. But let's look into the best game of the round. This could be the game of the season. One v two, Richmond v Sydney. Now, I know you worked down at Richmond, and I've played yep. at Richmond. But Sydney got a good record, fourteen of fifteen at the MC uh, at Etihad Stadium. The Tigers have only played there okay. once this year, and they nearly got rolled by the Kangaroos. It goes under the radar that stat
1: because a lot has been made of Richmond's form at the MCG, which is incredible. They're nearly, they're about to tie the record of Melbourne back in their halcyon days in the 50s, yep. 17 in a row. It's awesome. But that record of Sydney's at Had Stadium, that's incredible. They play that ground as well as any team in the competition. It's a yep. home away from home for the Swans. And this game is a real danger game for Richmond. Here in Melbourne, their home game, which normally they win clearly at the MCG,
0: this is a 50-50 game for mine. So it was one sixty-five. We opened at Sydney with two thirty. Sydney's now two forty-five. I don't, I don't understand that. The line's gone from eight. I, I, I said this yesterday. I said I do not understand. I, I would have these this game a dollar ninety each of two yeah, at the so moment. So Oregon's I. a 50-50 game. So that leaves me to say Sydney eleven and a half point head start at the line. I'm going to take that. I think Sydney can win this game and I'm definitely going to take the line. Um, You know, if Richmond win by 11, you get your bet up. So Sydney for me in this game.
1: Yeah, it's uh, as I just said, 50-50. I agree with you. I don't understand the odds. That's not my strength area. I will, will say one thing. Richmond do have a couple of really good inclusions. Prestia comes into the team. For people out there who don't take a huge amount of no- notice in Richmond's midfield, Prestia last year was their best defensive midfielder. He's their best pressure player in the midfield. Yep. He's a huge in for that Richmond midfield. Dave Asprey comes back He's not into defence. the best
0: defense. finisher, uh, but what he does is he makes up for that no. in his pressure. His pressure allows Martin Kochin to be a little bit more offensive. So, Asprey's a good in too.
1: Yeah, uh, two big in's for Richmond. So
0: look, That's why really, the odds
1: have moved in Richmond's favour, those yeah, two in's. Yeah, it would be, I think. But uh, 50-50 for mine. Look, I'll pick Richmond because it's in Melbourne and, and, you know, the Tiger Army will turn out at Eddie Had,
0: but close game. I'll tell you what, there's another cracking game Friday night, and not, not because it's ladder positions, but I watched the Dogs last week against North Melbourne, and when they had Adams and also Dale Morris back in, they structured up mm. so much better. If they can bring the same heat in the midfield, I thought they should have beaten the Kangaroos. They wasted a lot of opportunity. 475, the Dogs. Geelong were $1. nineteen. Now, the line in this one is 30 dollars So Geelong have to win by five-plus goals. Wow. That's what I'm going to take. I'm going to take yeah. the Bulldogs at the line plus 30 dollars are So much better tied at Eddie and having Adams and Morris back. I like that. Geelong's record against the Dogs over a long period of time is ridiculous. They uh, they just
1: don't lose to the Western Bulldogs. The Dogs were impressive last week. You're right about their defence. The player I'd loved was Young Norton in the Ford line. Wasn't he good? Yeah, Didn't started, kick many, but, nah, but just, knew where to go. Just his movement. And you could just tell when he went for a marquee, he's going to be a player of the future. Isn't I loved it? him. The Dogs' pressure was back. They, really, was. they, they pressured up uh, North Melbourne. They should have won that game. We all know that. They blew it in the last 45 seconds. I think Geelong will win. But I think what you said, 30 points is a big uh, start for Geelong. I'd be uh, getting on your suggestion,
0: Nathan. Now, look... This is the rant section, Matthew. And I don't. I'm, what are you angry? I about? don't know the demographic of what listens to this. I don't know. But uh, does uh, anyone listen? Sports bets mainly a male product. Right. We've got a lot right. of females that bet too, but I'd right. imagine it's skewed more towards males right. who bet on horse is that racing. Why you and, said the F word before. Yes. Now <laughs> we'll beep that out. <laughs> Sometimes I don't understand women, and my wife. Uh, oh, I love her. Be careful. I man. love my wife, but. In terms of finances right. and funding and getting things, like right. I, sometimes so yeah, I get is a bit directed upset. directed towards your beautiful wife, is yes. it? Yes. Oh, and gee. Yes. I hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> like she won't be listening to this, Matthew, <laughs> unless you pointed out to no, her. No, I won't do that. Um, so you, you set a budget, right? Everybody at home sets a budget and everybody's yeah. worried about how much their wife or their girlfriend spends. Well, um, it might be the other way around at times too. I sometimes. Mean- but- I don't think they look at prices when they buy things. I don't when they go to the supermarket and there's blueberries which aren't in season, which are eight dollars ninety nine and she buys two punnets, and then those two punnets sit in the fridge and they and they, they, they develop mold. No. Yeah, yeah. That really not, it's only sixteen dollars. But if you do that time and time again, it adds up. If you do that every time you go to the supermarket weekly, that's a lot of coin by they the end of the day. Do year. not look at prices, which annoys me. And the other thing is she buys hardback books for the kids right now there's a lot of books out there there's there's a lot of online stuff these days but she'll buy a nice bound book leather book that might cost forty nine dollars for them yeah. to read which they treat with contempt they, they they'll, they'll rip it out they'll they spit do. on it they'll throw it they, they don't care about no, that they don't. it's a hard but the thing that annoys me is right, the Chuck super wipes that you get so you get a big roll for two dollars <laughs> 99 she thinks annoy you she she puts them in the in the washing machine. <laughs> What? <laughs> he washes them why? and reuses them. How about you get that mindset from the Chuck Super wipes <laughs> into some of your other areas of spending money, Matthew? That's, that, that, now you
1: making a good point. <laughs> I don't get the Chuck Super One thing that I, I find with uh, my partner, Genevieve, is that she'll buy something because it's on special. Mm. And I'll go, why did you buy that? We don't need that. Oh, but it was on special. <laughs> but we didn't need it. It doesn't matter if it was on special.
0: They buy stuff they don't need. Oh, I like. yeah. That's.
1: I, I agree with you on that one. That's not bad. All right,
0: move on. Uh, I love you, honey. Carlton, Port Adelaide. Don't Carlton, good. It la- up now. Carlton were good last week. Six fifty. Port Adelaide, a dollar twelve. The line in this game, it was forty eight when the game started against Collingwood last week, which yeah. I took because I thought. Carlton were going to be okay. 37.5 the line. Yeah, I'd like the line to be a bit bigger. I think Port Adelaide will win, but Carlton are going okay.
1: At the MCG this game? Yep. Yeah, look, I think Carlton were fantastic last week. I think they played the MCG quite well, Carlton. A few games I've seen them this year, they've been really good. They pushed uh, the Eagles there earlier in the season. Uh, gee, they've got some good young players in that team. Patrick Cripps is an out-and-out superstar already. 20 contested possessions a week is average for him. Yep. He's, he is an incredible player. If they can uh, build a game plan based around him and Charlie Curnow moving forward, the future's okay for the Blues. Uh, Curnow's outstanding. He's he's marking.
0: I wanted to ask you about Curnow because yeah. he plays in a similar position to you, obviously, similar size, I reckon, You might have been a bit bigger when you started in total Mm. volume of body, but he plays a very similar way to what you played. He he is going to be the complete forward and
1: he is the definition of the modern hybrid type forward, Brownie. His marking is exquisite. Watching him last week, his timing, like people in the grandstand watch at times, they don't understand the timing to mark a ball. Talk to us about timing. Well, just to, to take it at its highest point, but you've got to take a lot of things into into the uh, equation then when you're going for a mark. Is it windy? Is the ball floating? How's it coming through the air? Then is there someone in front of you that you, you can jump on, use their, their... It takes courage to jump yeah, in the air does. too. it does. And he was jumping against two and three players last week, but still timing his jump beautifully. Um, he took that big sit. He took two big sits that uh, made the mark of the week this week. Uh, his aerobic ability, he's quick, he's He's got a great work rate and he's kicking. For a guy his size, he kicks the ball beautifully. He he is going to be a genuine A-grade superstar,
0: Charlie Kerner. You do shoot him when you get up really no. high though, don't you? Because you don't know where you're going to no. land. You can injure yourself, which... That guys like Charlie it takes courage. Uh, Daniel, uh, Jeremy who does it every week. It takes courage to jump on the top of someone's head. Yeah, it does because you don't know how
1: you're going to land, and obviously you're doing it in a packed situation. You've got defenders trying to spoil you. And look, he's as courageous. Uh, cu- courage in the air is just as uh, just as big as courage at ground level, and he certainly has that.
0: All right, let's move along. Adelaide have been the best backed for this round. I did odds on Sunday on the Sunday footy show. Are we,
1: are we reading too much into that loss last week against Essendon without Darling and Kennedy, or is that a fair assessment? Without them, they I can't think, win.
0: I think we're looking too far into it. Right. They, they talked about structure on um, on Channel 7, um, your great network, and I didn't quite agree that Kennedy and Darling – didn't provide them structure. I thought they were absolutely routed in the midfield and they'll routed off half back. Mm. I don't think Kennedy or Darling could have made the difference. No, because they're off. Mm. Some clubs have games that are off. Richmond last year They've were been 82 up for points a long time. 82 points down against the Saints in round whatever it was. Um and then the next time they bailed them. So sides can have off days. I think West Coast had a massive off day, but a dollar 88 into a dollar 85 Adelaide, that's a big big go. West Coast were a dollar 92 Sunday. They're now 247. So yeah. The thing that we don't know at this stage, so it makes it hard for me to select on this go. I
1: want to know who's coming in for the Crows. Are they getting a couple back uh, this week? I'm sure that they will. At home, that... They're meant to get Sloan back. Yeah, so he's huge. We know how good he is. And Lynch. There you go. Lynch is their big connector through the midfield from the defence to the forward line. So, yeah, this this is going to be close with West Coast still with those two big key forwards out of the game. Adelaide have been smashed more than any team in uh, in the media the last two weeks. They've had a long time to think about that Hawthorne game. I'll think at home... Without Kennedy and Darling, they may just get the job done. But it wouldn't surprise me if West Coast Mm. win uh, and bounce back because they would have been filthy with that performance last week.
0: Yeah, the line is nine and a half in this game. But I agree, Adelaide. Close one. I think having Tom Lynch come back and sign that contract all of a sudden, I reckon it galvanised the group. They've had two weeks off. Mm. Um, They've had a lot go on. But I reckon just refreshing of the mind, I reckon Adelaide will come out and they should be okay. I think West Coast um, will make a good game of it. But I agree. I, I I don't think... The structure was falling down for West Coast last no, week. They still had a lot of shots at goal. A lot of inside 50s, yeah. and I think they just wasted the yeah, footy. they did. But the game was done and dusted mm. in the first quarter. It was mm. 19 inside 50s to Western and six to West Coast. The game was done. There it's eight hard goals to down. chase a game down like that. Now,
1: we've seen so
0: many of those games
1: this year where teams get big starts and and you just can't peg it back. The, the margin stays the same
0: for the rest of the game, basically. It does. All right. The Suns, Collingwood not a great game let's be honest Gold Coast 575 Collingwood a dollar 14 no um no Adam Trelaw that'll hurt him they, they they need him back to win finals I reckon he's a game breaker no one plays the game the way he does you know what he does better than anyone runs a game out yeah. I mean it's
1: an old-fashioned saying is not it isn't it I'll run the game out but that's what he does he his last quarter possession rate is better than anyone in the competition uh, he is a big out. I heard Bucks on radio yesterday say it wasn't going to be that big of a, a deal for them. Of course mm. he he just backs his next troop to come in and, and play well, but I don't think he can replace his running ability. He's
0: elite. Is there a player and I know Judd used to do it from when he gets the ball in a contest to just going flat out? I reckon Trelaw does it better. I reckon be he, better than he, Judd. He, he does it straight. Better than Judd. And I reckon the thing with Trelaw does is is he kicks goals and does it so well. Like, Juddy's a better player at winning contested footy all over. Right. But I reckon when Trelaw gets the ball... When he puts the foot down. When he puts the foot down, he kicks more goals he doesn't, than He does. He doesn't emerge from clearances like Juddy did. Yeah. But I, I hear your Maybe point. Maybe i ahead of myself. No, though.
1: I hear your point once he's out and running he and kicks moving goals. forward. Yeah, he's a, he's a good goal kicker. He runs through 50 and kicks goals as well as any mid in the competition better than Judd, um, you work with him on Friday nights. He won't be happy with that. <laughs> is he happy
0: with himself, Juddy? Juddy, yeah. extraordinarily happy. I mean, people, people don't understand that, No, nah, there's they? people that are happy with themselves in this life and I've come across a few of them. Jared Healy, he's probably top of the tree for me, happy with oh. himself. Chris Judd is he's, he's <laughs> biting at his feet. The, the thing that Juddy is, he's very intelligent. He knows he's intelligent and he can argue his way out yeah. of anything.
1: Yeah, but I... And I like Juddy, and I'll see him at the footy, and I'll tell him I said this, but I just detect a bit of swagger about <laughs> Juddy at the moment. He's really happy He's with himself. Very good swagger. <laughs> um, what are we going to talk about now? Do you want to just quickly touch on the tattoos? I know what you were going to say. Yep. Back at the World Cup. It, well, we've both got tattoos. Uh, very ordinary ones. And it's become a new thing, and the millennials, it's just dime a dozen now. That's what you do. You go yep. out and get tattoos. But I don't think we thought it through when we got our tattoos, did we, clearly? Well,
0: we will we'll, we're one of the first people to get tattoos in the country. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> they're ordinary tattoos, let's be honest. Yours, I've got a Celtic cross in the middle of my forearm. Why did and you get bit, that? I've always wanted. <clears throat> to be honest, you got a tattoo and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Back in, this is 2004, 2005, yeah, whenever it, it was. cool. And Kane Johnson had one and I was just like, you know, one after another. That's what you did. I was in Paris with um, on a holiday and the yeah. ex misses she was yeah. off doing something, probably spending money. And... I was sitting down, I always wanted to get one, and then I had a a, a picture on my laptop and there was a tattoo place across the road and it was pissing down with rain and I had nothing else to do, so I went in there and got the tattoo. And how long had you thought about what you're going to get? Just that morning? I was on the internet that morning, yeah. Right, so you didn't think about it much, did you? I wanted a cross, I don't know why. (laughs) You wanted a cross, did you? (laughs) And I looked down at it now and thought, Why? Why yeah. would you do that?
1: Uh, well, my, my tattoo, I put about as much thought into mine. I was, it was funny why you do these things on holiday, a spontaneous uh, type of action. We are in uh, Los Angeles. with I was with Kane Johnson and, and his uh, partner of the time, Nicole, and, and my partner of the time. And I got up and they were off doing something and I thought, oh, I'm going to walk down to that tattoo parlour there on Sunset Strip. You know, there, here I am in LA and Sunset Strip, you know, Motley Crue got their tattoos there. So I thought... This is where I'm going. I went in. I was looking you through. You and Nikki th- Six, eh? Yeah, me and Nikki Six and Tommy Lee. <laughs> I'm looking through the the book in the waiting room, and I came across a page with all these stars on it. I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a star You're on my wrist. Star. I'll get a star <laughs> on my wrist. Fair dinkum. So I picked out this particular star. I went in with my, uh, my tattoo artist. He's tracing the star as they do onto my onto my right wrist. It's just about ready to go. He's loading up the gun with with ink. And Mm -hmm. in walks uh, my partner and she walks over and she goes, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? I'm getting a star on my wrist. She said, you're going to get that star, are you? I said, why not? I reckon it looks good. And the tattoo artist looked at me and he said, and please uh, take this throw away, he said, are you uh, Jewish? (laughs) I said, no, I'm not uh, Jewish. You know, my background is from England. My family, my grandfather's from England, and he said, "Well, I don't think you should get this. Probably get the Star of David on your wrist." <laughs> so I had to go back into the waiting room and pick another star out. Fair enough. That's how much thought I put into my tattoo.
0: Oh, they're very nice. So oh. yeah, our tattoos are average, mate. They are GWS Hawthorne. Uh, GWS without Jeremy Cameron, seventy eight. Hawthorne, 2 dollars five. It's a 50-50 fifty fifty one.
1: Yeah, I'm up at Spotless Saturday night uh, for Channel 7 with this one. Poor, I, I would have nearly tipped the Giants if Jeremy Cameron hadn't have been suspended. Uh, but he's a big
0: out, isn't he? I mean, he... I'm he had to carry on with people, like, saying it was one of the worst dog... It's not a dog act. It's not a dog act. He and- was in the air, and I reckon he was... I reckon he, he was sh- very careless is what he, he was. was. He but it wasn't intentional. No. And I reckon at the end he was worried about protecting himself. Yeah, and, let, and,
1: and let's not say – we're not saying here he shouldn't. He should have been suspended for at was. least four or five weeks, which he was. But I, I have trouble with the wording of intentional. Mm. As a key forward, you're, you're told to make sure that you make a contest and bring it to ground. So when he was running out, that was his thought. He, he thought he could get to the ball. He, he clearly didn't in the end. It was very careless. It was reckless. He deserved weeks, but wasn't intentional. I don't think any Not player intentional. would intentionally try and elbow someone in the head. So that was my problem with it.
0: You put that one up against the Tony Lockett, Peter Caven one, where that was intentional. That yeah. got him in the head. Yeah. Two totally different things. I don't think, think so. Um, but people
1: people calling it a, a dog act don't understand
0: what's no. happening and in that a, contest. It's a cheap seat comment, and I thought. Three weeks would have been ample, maybe to four weeks, but I, I was I was a bit surprised that he got five. in the And end this, that's and not saying that you want players cannot be hit in the head; no. and they should be suspended. We're not condoning that, but the the intentional wording. Well, I said it was intentional. I don't. I, I couldn't get that. Yeah, for I don't, a bloke who played the game, I don't understand that. I, I don't think you understand the situation of the game if you say that was intentional. It was funny. All players in the media, me and you, and I heard Jonathan Brown talk about it, and. Um, Lordo, all thought it wasn't intentional, but yeah. any media person who hadn't played the game thought it was intentional. Well, it's, it's not. And that's the, and it's very
1: reckless and very careless. And he needs to get better in the contest. It, you can't throw your arms up because if, it, if you do make contact with any part of someone when your arms are up like that, you're going to get in trouble. But did he intentionally do it? I don't think that was his intention, to elbow him in the yeah.
0: head. I think GWS are playing well enough without Jeremy Cameron at the moment to beat Hawthorne up there.
1: Yeah, at Spotless, I think you give the edge. Uh, it's a big <clears throat> game, isn't it, for Hawthorne, sitting just outside the eight. They'll be
0: desperate to win, but yeah, at Spotless, I think you can just give that to the Giants. Um, every week I tell a story and we reminisce about the old days and when um, me and you used to play. There was this one day where you decided to invite me down to a a charity cricket game, crick- a charity game. Cricket game down in Tasmania. And you were very, very clear in the weeks leading up to it that because it was well, you summer. you hadn't been to Tassie, had you? Never. I, I'd played a, a game of footy in winter right. down there, but I'd never been down we there were, in summer. This was in the middle of January. Yeah. And we were heading down there for two or three days. And you're at pains to point out the fact that the sun is different down there. If for some reason you Tasmanians think you have your own sun down there and it is no, a different type of sun. No, it's not. It's the same sun... Nathan, but
1: what I tried to tell you for two days leading to this trip Mm. was just be careful. Slip, slop, slap. You get more sunburned in Tasmania. And any listeners that want to back me up, you know, email in here to the Sports
0: Podcast. I reckon you said that you you will get more burn in Tasmania than what you do in Queensland. You will. A (laughs) hundred percent. I still don't believe it. Well, you do. You
1: go down to Tasmania and walk around on a summer's day without sunscreen on and you will see the result of it. And you did, Nathan. Well, So what, what I, I admit I did get so burnt. So what happened?
0: We were out in the, in the sun all day. We are playing course, cricket. You, you're anywhere. You're in t- Antarctica, you're in Kuwait, you're in Tasmania. You're going to get burnt did if you, you're out playing cricket all day. Did you end up a beach route? I got burnt. It was
1: probably 20 degrees and it was overcast <laughs> and you were still a beach I don't route.
0: believe you have a different sun down it, there. I'm
1: telling you, you get more you sun. You think it's hotter. No, you just get more sunburnt. Why? Air, because the air is cleaner down there in Tasmania. Oh,
0: the ozone layer doesn't exist down the there, does it? The air
1: is cleaner down there in Tasmania, and for some reason you get more sunburnt in <laughs> Tassie,
0: and well, I stick by that. If you ever get a, an AFL team down there, you better get them some sunscreen. Can you, because can you just <laughs> say... That, Mate, if they play admit, AFL footy down there when they've got a team, I, there's going to be skin cancer everywhere. Can you admit that you got very sunburned <laughs> I got that very day. sunburned right, that there, day, but you. we played a full game of cricket. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Melbourneson killed up. I'm going to go with Melbourne. Yeah, simply
1: Melbourne <clears> with this one. I, I'll tell you who I think just would love to have a big game this week, Jesse Hogan. Yeah. I'll just He is very important to that team. He had one bad game. Yeah, I oh, know, but people are starting to you know, starting to get on his back a little bit. And I think this is an opportunity against a, a defence that hasn't been great all year. I think he can really find some form this week. I lost money on Melbourne last
0: week, which was disappointing. They
1: they have no margin for error now, the Ds, if they want to finish top four. I mean, they've got some tough games. They've got the Eagles and, and the Swans in the run home. Uh, they've got Geelong down at Geelong. They can't drop these ones if they want to finish top four. They know that. They'll win.
0: If you had said to me Essendon North Melbourne halfway through the year would be one of the most anticipated games. This will be a beauty. The way they both play, expected to be end to end high scoring. What is the, what's the setup here? The odds are $1.91 Essendon, North Melbourne $1.89. So it's pretty much even money at the moment. What are you um, doing? What are you doing there as a as a betting man that you are? What would what are you going to do on that one? I just like the fact that Essendon have had a little bit more break. I think oh, it's going to be close. Gonna be, as a betting man, I reckon I'll stay out of this game. Right, I'd, you wouldn't, yeah, okay. The, the odds are pretty juicy, though. You don't get a $1.91 or $1.89 that often. Um, but I reckon I'll stay out of this one just because I reckon it's a, it's a flip of the coin. Yeah, well, with this game here, they're going to know what happens with
1: Hawthorne on Saturday night. It's a huge, huge game. If Hawthorne lose, North Melbourne have a chance, and they're probably battling it out for that eighth position at the moment. They've got a chance to really put you know some space between them and Hawthorne. Uh, so I think they've got too much to play for North Melbourne. I know Essendon are playing better. Consistency's always been their issue. They haven't generally backed things up uh, this year, so I think I'll stick with North Melbourne. Jared Waite's
0: a big loss at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Gee, ben Brown's playing well. Higgins is playing well. Been super well back for the e. Brownlow this week, Higgins, too. Really? Mm. 18s into 14s he's been. He was... 31 a couple of weeks ago as well. They could have the Coleman and Brownlow medalists. I'm
1: just, I'm only tipping north because of how much they have to play for uh, in this one. They can really put a gap on Hawthorne if the Giants win.
0: Let's hope it's a good game. And the last one, Sunday twilight to round out your weekend – Fremantle, twenty five, Brisbane, $4. I am going to take Fremantle at the line. They're a different team at Optus Stadium, aren't they? They are. They play it really well. And I love the fact that they've got young players playing in their side at the moment. Ross has bitten the bullet. We spoke about it last week. 24.5 the line is. So Fremantle will win by more than four goals at home. I reckon that'll happen. There's a player in that Freo team who is a potential rising star winner. I know
1: Stevenson is way out in front at the moment, probably. Cherub. Sure. Uh Chera, he hasn't been nominated yet. He will be yeah. because they'll make sure that he is. And once he's nominated, I reckon he suddenly becomes uh, one of the favourites almost for the Rising Star. Chera, uh, he's a great player. They've got some good young talent. Ross is playing them. Brisbane are better. Ha- Harris Andrew's out. You would think that Freo get the job done here, Nato.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And you always finishes off with a good story towards the end of the week. Well, we, we'd like to sort of finish with like an end-of-year trip type of story
1: here on the Sportsbet podcast. Uh, Hummer will have some of those stories for us next week of his own mm. if he makes it home. It wouldn't be as good as ours, though. No, but uh, I, I touched on this footy trip a few weeks ago when I when I told you about uh, Maddie Rogers and the late, great Jamie Tape, thinking that they could uh, drive the golf cart from... Caesar's Palace down to <laughs> Circus I Circus. They thought it was just a, a courtesy vehicle that you could <laughs> drive out onto the strip. I still got visions of it now. Anyway, very funny trip. We're all a little bit wet behind the ears. This was back in 1996. We had a young team away on a footy trip, and I was watching uh, Love Island. <laughs> The other night, Nate, no, you know that show, I Love Island? Yeah, have you
0: watched of it? Of course I have. And
1: I just see these couples falling in love, whether it's real or fake, I don't know, but it just reminds me of, the, you know, young love. You go away on a trip, you're overseas. Someone fall in love. Yeah, a player fell in love on a footy trip. And this particular player was Steven Jerica. Remember big
0: Steve Jureka? <laughs> I remember big Steve Jureka. Big Has Jureka. Had a good patch of about six weeks and then he kicked, never heard of him again. Kick five on Silvani mm. in about his third game, Steve Jureka.
1: Anyway, lovely guy. We get to Las Vegas and uh, we get off the plane. We go straight to the hotel. It was late in the afternoon. We check in, we go out. And within about 10 minutes of being out, it was, it was a beach type bar. You know, it had sand on the ground and, mm. you know, coconut trees inside. <laughs> We'd never seen anything like it uh, here in Melbourne. Within about 10 minutes of being in this bar, Steve had met a a young lady. You know, he's 20 years of age, met this nice young girl. She was a local girl, lived in Las Vegas, wasn't a a tourist. And he latched onto her. We never saw Steve again. We were there for seven days. We did not see Steve again. He actually checked out of the hotel that morning, the next morning, checked out of the hotel. He moved in. To her house in the suburbs of Las Vegas. <laughs> this is 100 percent true. He stayed at her house for the week. He met her family. He went to barbecues. We could not contact him. We didn't have mobile phones back then. Did not see Steve until we were checking in at the airport on the last day. She was there seeing him off. She walked down to the gate with him. We're all getting in onto the plane to go to Las Vegas, to, to go to Los Angeles to come home. Steve was in a passionate embrace with her at the Gate Lounge. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it on a footy trip before. Stevie Zureka. Eureka. Yeah, he fell totally head over here. What happened in love. after that? I'm not sure whether he stayed in contact or, or what happened, but it was an extraordinary week. Summer love. He never, ever saw any of the boys for a week in that's Vegas. That's poor form, isn't it? He moved into the suburbs. <laughs>
0: no, he's in love. Were you worried where he was?
1: No, we knew no. where <laughs> he was. <laughs> it was pretty funny. All right, that's All right. it. Have a good
0: week, everyone. See you later.